Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. She told me what women in refugee camps and torture can overcome. I'm like, wow, well, then what could just the average person overcome? My name is Spree Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. I have had the most extraordinary opportunity to spend a whole day at Hera Hub here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I can't tell you how impressed I am by this collaborative workspace built by women for women to empower women in technology and other professions just to make sure that we support and celebrate one another and accelerating forward. I am so, so thankful that they are supportive of the Women in Tech podcast. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating incredible women in tech here in Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. Tell us who you are and a little bit about what you do. Hi, my name is Chesa Barbour and I'm the founder of Hera Hub Phoenix, which is a co-working space for women business owners, entrepreneurs and professionals. We're actually a space designed by women for women. My name is Anna Romer. I am director of Bodhicharya Arizona, a uh, soon-to-be nonprofit based out of Hera Hub. Um, and we focus on bringing uh, mind training techniques from Tibet into our communities and our workforce. I have had the most extraordinary opportunity to spend a whole day at Hera Hub here in Phoenix, Arizona. And I can't tell you how impressed I am by this collaborative workspace built by women for women to empower women in technology and other professions just to make sure that we support and celebrate one another and accelerating forward. So tell us about the space. So Hera Hub Phoenix is a is a co-working space, essentially, for women business owners, entrepreneurs and professionals. And we just really created a landing space for women of all industries and backgrounds to be able to just connect with each other in an environment that's really relaxing and zen-like, but professional. So these are the women that walk in here, just come in and just have a sigh of relief when they come in. They're like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. It's something that makes them focus on their goals, their own development their work and their clients. And so essentially that's what it is. It's a workspace, but it's also turning into really a landing space for all kinds of women's and all kinds of backgrounds. And where can we find out more? Easiest way is just the website. If people go to www.herahub.com forward slash Phoenix. And obviously you attract community because Anna here is a Jedi Hi. master. 
was attracted to you the moment, <laughs> the moment that she met. No, really, um, this is about community. And immediately when you met one another, you're like, you felt the energy. You felt what she was trying to create. Tell I, me more I about was, that. I was trying to find a place to start this nonprofit where I'm bringing uh, Tibetan monks and lamas to come in and teach mind training techniques uh, and bring them out into the community, uh, like women's shelters, foster care, healthcare That's system. So, cool. so alternative ways of dealing with crap. And I'm looking, I was looking for a place and I met with the Dalai Lama this summer in Ladakh and he, you know, was very interested in this and, and gives it his blessing, wants it to launch. And I just had no idea where to base this out of. And I came up to Phoenix to visit some friends and met Shaza. And uh, within two seconds, I don't know what it was. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe like 60 seconds. I said, this is it. And she gave Harahab wasn't even built yet, but her vision, just a place where people could women, women could support each other. They could support themselves mm -hmm. and just a space to do that. in is, you know, and I said, my God, I, I want this based out of here. I, I, I just need to be anywhere. This woman is <laughs> this stuff that manifests is from this woman's incredible. What Arab. inspired you? Like why? Well, this has been a, a story like almost three years in the making, just getting to this point and launching it has been two years. But part of it is, you know, I come from a corporate background um, and I moved here and started a nonprofit essentially. And then when I was pregnant with my third, I was like, okay, we're staying in Phoenix. We're not moving because that was our intention originally. Then it became a shift of, well, what's my career going to look like? Do I go back to corporate? No, I don't really want to do that anymore. So I wanted to start a company and I had an idea because I come from the healthcare background um, of what I wanted to create, but being new to the city, relatively new, and not having the right resources and connections made it so overwhelming that I was like, this is impossible. I can't do this. There's no way I'm going to do it. So I walked away from it. And then Felina, who started Hera Hub in San Diego, and I had a mutual friend. And this is all circling at the same time. And, you know, I finally connected with Felina and saw the mission that she was on of really empowering and helping women entrepreneurs, women business owners and professionals by creating a space. And she had already done that. And just seeing the magic that happens and the resources that people can provide and that collaborative spirit to launch it, I was like, I get it. I get the pain points. I get it from my corporate backgrounds and from the nonprofit background of why we would need a space and why women would love to be in a space like that. And I was like, this is a mission I can totally fall behind, and I want to be a part of this mission and create a space for community, for, th you know, for women to thrive. And the other thing is, is that once women business owners, women entrepreneurs, women professionals in any realm of business succeed, and the more success they have, the better it is for the entire community because it just has ripple effects on the economic system. It has an effect on the educational system, on the political system. So... If we want Phoenix as a city and in any cities, if we want them to grow and just become better places to live, we need the women to be successful because that's where change is going to happen. And so I wanted to do it here for Phoenix. And I have broader visions of like if I could if we could replicate this around the globe and keep creating places where women succeed, it, it's just going to be a much better place. 
And and you've had, Anna, this really interesting insight and access that uh, just about all of us haven't had on what it is to live a, f- a full life and be in a peaceful state of mind and how to reach our, I don't know, I like to say our most optimized state of health. Um, uh, teach us. <laughs> like, uh, how, how do we get there too? Well, I mean, it's interesting because I worked with Tibetans uh, coming out of uh, torture camps in China for human rights issues. Uh, the Tenzin Gyatso Institute, I was the director of development uh, for that for a few years, really, when it launched. And I, I really started to notice um, when I would meet with these Tibetans and take them around for interviews, uh, and then I'd run into them again two years later. Uh, these people were integrating back into society. They were functioning. They, they could maintain relationships, hold down jobs, uh, take care of themselves. Uh, and these are people who've suffered incredible amounts of trauma, PTSD. Right. And I'm like, how are you guys doing this? Like, we're a mess over here in America. And in the West, you know, we give drugs out and we lock people away and, right. you know, disability. And I mean, it's just a mess. And I, I wanted to learn this for myself and suffering from endometriosis and having multiple surgeries and going through the healthcare system and my own journey. I applied these techniques to myself and I'm like, my God, this works. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what if we could integrate this into our society and give all in an alternative way of dealing with life, handling ourselves and our situations and um, I, I was asked uh, by a group of uh, Tibetans to start um, a nonprofit, start uh, there's Bodhicharya International, which is there are Buddhist groups and centers around the world um, focusing on Buddhist teachings and training, meditation. And I really wanted to stay away from something secular and, and religious. I feel that excludes many demographics and I believe this this is like medicine it's medicinal yeah help anybody and um you know it's right now I think we need so much help and support uh, especially in this country with what we're going through and anything to help us and I believe um that somehow if we can influence and help people in leadership positions and, 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 uh, who are great influencers in, in our communities and our society that we can help them on a personal level. Right. Um, then that of course will reach far and wide. Into, Completely. And it's a domino effect. Yeah. So it's such a like silly saying, we kill them with kindness. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it really, <laughs> you know? it really is true. Yeah. And, and th- these kind of mind training techniques, I'm not using the word meditation. I'm not using kind of like mindfulness, mind training, really working with what we've got, the thoughts that we already mm-hmm. have, our totally. habits that we already have. And you work with them in a way, in a productive way. And it gives you a new perspective on how to think. And once you actually start doing these mind training techniques, they've been around in Tibet forever. We just were not hip to it. Um, It will change your physical brain, neuroplasticity. It's you will change. And obviously from that, great things happen. But 
you know, I, I really kind of, you know, almost like secretly want to infiltrate corporate America <laughs> and the healthcare system and bring this sort of mainstream totally. and not make it so weird and odd and like something like it's, ooh, it's just this Buddhist Tibetan thing and something hippie. But this is, uh, uh, these things are invaluable. And I'll be bringing actually Ringa Tukul Rinpoche, who's really, really an incredible Tibetan Lama. He's coming in November to Phoenix, uh, tentative dates, not sure yet. But specifically to teach these mind training techniques and give some classes and focus on right now for the time being women's groups. And anything that has to do with women, women mm-hmm. in tech, women in corporate America, women in the healthcare system, women right. in the arts. We need that support here and we need to be able to create that mental and emotional and physical stability for ourselves to be more confident going out in the world and more confident doing things. And just that stability is so important. Everything is so shaky right now. I think what's so interesting about our society and our culture today is that we promote um, digital connectivity, yet the digital connectivity makes us feel so disconnected. And we all very much so crave meaningful connection, but we're all too scared to admit that (laughs) because it doesn't look cool. (laughs) And it's, it's insane what has the culture has shifted so dramatically in the past 10 years that like, for instance, and I don't know, it's definitely a Phoenix culture. I don't know if it's like, it's becoming like this in other cities where people come home and you close your garage door and you don't even know your neighbors. Kids are not running around the streets. And Mm. so Finally, a few weeks ago, I was like, me and one of my neighbors that we connected, we were like, we're done with this. So my my kids and I and her kids, we made flyers. We went door to door and introduced ourselves. And we're like, we're having a block party because we're tired of not knowing who our neighbors are. We see kids. We think you have kids, but we're not really sure. Just didn't even know as a family. And so we're like, whoever shows up, shows up. And the response we got was unbelievable. People were like, thank you for coming. Thank you for doing this because people are craving it. They're craving community. They're craving just real human interaction Mm -hmm. and are wanting that in so many different ways that we had people come to our block party that didn't even have kids, but they're like, it's just great to see you be you. And it's like, what world are we living in? Like we live in some weird alternate world sometimes. This is amazing. Well, when I worked in some of the refugee camps in India, Tibetan refugee camps, they, spirituality and connection with community and each other is built into their, the fabric of their, from the time that their, their culture, their society, it's the time they're born, they're taught to connect. Right. Right. And we live in a very individualistic society. Everything's emphasized, you know, me, mine, that, you know, get up on everybody else and be the best. And it's interesting. Um, that that I find very interesting that in our American culture, mm-hmm. when we actually see what it's based off of, it's 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 not emphasized and it's not encouraged to connect. No, it's always like, how are we going to solve that problem with more technology? And I'm like, get rid of the technology. I know this is like a, you're a woman in tech. 
<laughs> no, but I'm I turn I turn off my phone. I leave my phone. People think I'm so weird. I mean, first of all, I can cheat because everybody has their phone around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm concerned if I'm on my phone a lot. My my hands may you know um, <laughs> my posture. Um, I don't want to be you know mm-hmm. like like hunched over. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get just all of it. I just I want to I want to solidify a higher awareness to my interaction with technology so that I'm consciously using technology for a purpose and intent that's meaningful rather than being addicted to the chemicals it's created in my brain without an awareness. Absolutely. Amen to that. And that's something like, you know, we see in our kids, we see in the whole younger generation and you know, and it's as a parent, I have three kids and I'm like, we have Google Wi-Fi, so we'll just shut the whole damn thing down. We're like, this is enough. Unplug, unplug, because you see how it changes kids brains. And it's there's I mean, there's proven studies for it. So on the one hand, we want to use technology to the best of its capability because we need it. We need technology. We need greater technology and better technology. But you also have to be very wary of how we use it and balance it out because we're human. What we and need most is meaningful it connection. Is, it's very scary because we see the generation with Generation X and these kids are coming up now. I, they don't have interpersonal yes. relationship yeah. skills. They're, they yeah, look at another crazy. human being like they're like oh on a, playing a video game. Yeah. And, 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 and they're we, scared we to talk are, to people. We are in trouble if we start becoming a society where actually human beings are, we are so compartmentalized in this very bizarre, these isolated worlds yeah. where mm-hmm. those interpersonal relationships actually are what make businesses great, yeah. are mm-hmm. what makes a country great, what makes, you right. know, when it's, we are losing that. Yeah. And that's also what I want to emphasize when I start Bodhicharya, Arizona, is the mm-hmm. fact that to get us out of the this strange space that we're in in our heads and to be able to start seeing one another again and seeing ourselves realistically and and I I believe you know we're in tr- we're getting we're in trouble we're in trouble in some sense if we don't yeah. catch it now and start addressing this now yeah. and how to bring hu- humanitarian right humanity it's like we have to, back into we have to find that counterweight to the way this is, I feel like this technology is kind of becoming this gravitational force, right? Mm-hmm. That's just pulling and it's heavy and it's pulling us in some ways down and you kind of need that counterweight to balance it, to balance it all out, right? That's going to be with Anna's Jedi training. training. Yeah. Yes. And yes. What's, what's so cool about the Jedi training, which I love. Like literally, I love <laughs> it. Yeah. Shaza came out with that name. She's the genius, <laughs> not, not me. Is that like when she told me what women in refugee camps and torture can overcome, I'm like, wow. Well, then what could just the average person overcome? When I was you know, in if, if, yeah. if. Like just the differentials, then it would be like, wow, we well, must be able to just get to I'm, such a higher level women, and then the creativity yeah. that could be, come out of that mm. and what could possibly happen is huge. If you just have an average life, you know, and you've never gone through that kind of trauma and but you're still struggling with anxiety and stress and just the stress of modern day life. It's actually very stressful. We live in a very stressful time. But to be able to control that and then just leap 
human, like you make, you know, just huge. And the aha moment is when I was working in the camps, I saw that these women were, they had no support. They weren't talking to each other. They, you know, they're still, it's still, Tibet's still a patriarchal society. And um, they're not really empowered. And I went in the camps and I was like, you know, come on, girls, let's let's talk. Let's sit down and yeah. see what's going on. We started working together and actually doing the mind training techniques together. And these women, I would say after about a month, they had smiles on their faces. Uh, half of them, their night terrors went away. They were actually able to take care of their kids and be nurturing and emotional again um, and, and be representatives in, in that, in that camp and, and amongst those people. And, and they started to emerge as leaders and guide people and help people. And it, the qualities that emerged from these women, uh, more love, more affection, more um, intelligence, more wisdom. And I, like Shaza said, my goodness, I mean, looking at uh, our robotic society <laughs> over here, look what we could do with highly educated women yeah. and women right. who are already in the workforce yeah. and integrated. Mm. We could carry this conversation forever, but uh, I know we all have to go. So um, before we wrap up, Anna, where can people get in touch with you? How can they find out more? Please uh, email me for the time being. Uh, the uh, Bodhicharya, Arizona will be based out of Hera Hub in Phoenix. Um, and you can always reach me on my email right now at bodhicharya.az at gmail.com. And that's B-O-D-H-I-C-H-A-R-Y-A dot A-Z at gmail.com. <laughs> and go ahead. The same thing. How can, be, how can people find out more and stay in touch? Um, email is probably the easiest is S H A T H A at H E R A H U B dot com. Thank you so much for hanging out with the women in tech podcast. This has been an amazing, amazing day. I've met so many inspiring women and I'm just really grateful to have had the opportunity to experience this place. I talked about it on a few episodes that feels like a collaborative culture where you're, you're going into your best friend's living room and you're super safe, but yet it's a professional work environment Mm -hmm. that's of productivity. It's really hard to describe because it's definitely not like just a couch lounging. We have aromatherapy as well. I had no idea. It's very spa-like too, you know. I I mean, I really, you feel the energy in this place. It's special. And so I really appreciate you allowing me to share it. And uh, if you guys want to connect with more extraordinary women in tech, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group, womenintechvip.com. Say hello at Women in Tech Show on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I will talk to you guys, see you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hera Hub Phoenix is a co-working space, essentially, for women business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals. And we just really created a landing space for women of all industries and backgrounds to be able to just connect with each other in an environment that's really relaxing and zen-like, but professional. The women that walk in here just come in and just have a sigh of relief. When they come in, they're like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. It's something that makes them focus on their goals, their own development, their work and their clients. And so essentially that's what it is. It's a workspace, but it's also turning into really a landing space for all kinds of women's and all kinds of backgrounds. And where can we find out more? Easiest way is just the website. If people go to www.herahub.com forward slash Phoenix. 
This has been an amazing, amazing day. I've met so many inspiring women, and I'm just really grateful to have had the opportunity to experience this place. It feels like a collaborative culture where you're you're going into your best friend's living room and you're super safe, but yet it's a professional work environment. It's really hard to describe because it's definitely not like just like couch lounging. You feel the energy in this place. It's special. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.